There you go. And welcome back to PWW Talks. No, PWW Roundtable 2. We are not recording the talks today. We are back for Roundtable episode number two. It is the it, I am him, I am G, back here for the second episode. Today, we have a special guest with us. Rami and Dakota have joined again, and we have brought along with us this time co-host slash guest slash PWW contributor, Steven. Stevens, please take the floor, introduce yourself to the audience who have never heard you before, and yeah, the floor is yours. My name is DWSJ. I'm commonly known as uh, Stevens in the chats. Um, if I'm allowed to say that. Um, uh, your um, fandom, the reach of your fandom. Yeah, um, so, uh, I um. I'm a, I'm a contributor to the Pro Wrestling World Facebook page, and I post, I mainly post blessings, wrestling blessings. And how, there's a, there's a history that goes along to it. It started almost five years ago, or, um, yeah, almost five years ago. It was uh, Survivor Series 2017. I was inspired by other YouTubers who were, um, um, I mean, you know how, how YouTubers are and uh, how, um, uh, you know, sorry about that, my cat's in here. No, uh, you're good. Um, the internet loves cats. Here we go. We love the dinging. So, anyways. I was inspired by other YouTubers who were making videos on, well, YouTube. And those videos that they make consisted of a, here, here's everything that, uh, all the, the sins for, uh, for this wrestling event. And uh, I just thought, uh, what if I was to capitalize on the opposite? Because everyone could use some good news. So I, um started wrestling blessings uh, at survivor series 2017 and i just left it at that for a couple of years until i uh, until i joined the pro wrestling world and that's when i restarted the, yeah when what i was restarted your first blessing first blessing um who was your first ever blessed individual or entity or situation it had to be the usos Hi. So you're the one, you're the reason why the bloodline is reigning supreme. Perhaps. <laughs> I had to um pull it up, but you're talking about that kid Christian Miracle, right? The one that does the wrestling uh since. Yep. Yeah, I used to follow him and watch him. You used to. I remember this. It just it, I grew. I don't know. I just stopped following him. It just. Now he follows us. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully he does, but we'll have to fi- figure that out. So, Stevens, did you want to introduce anything else about yourself, or is that all you wanted to tell the audience? Um, yeah, sure. Um, I am also a graphic designer. I am. I've been graphic designing since, um, I believe, late 2013. Uh, I, I remember. I remember my very first Photoshop uh, project. It was done um dreadfully in in the the paint app with a, that comes with windows or 
came with Windows back then. Yep. And I was just so amazed. It, it was like the, a, a chase scene from My Name is Earl. And and there was a uh, the garage door there, which made it easier to align things to it. So um, uh, it, I believe that's where it inspired me that, wow, this is this is that easy. I can uh, I can do that. And um, so I've been doing that ever since. Uh, um, my favorite apps to use for uh, graphic design these days are paint.net, which is not a website, and After Effects, Adobe After Effects, which um, I use to make WWE-like graphics. Uh, you know how they, um, how Drew McIntyre's former Titan Tron used to have that lightning effect around the name. Yeah. It turns out that that the asset used to make that is actually a free asset. Okay, that's and, awesome. Yeah, so, uh, um, and it's it's awesome, and uh, just there's these eureka moments that come with graphic designing, and it's uh, like, wow, I, I I can do that, and I think that's pretty much all that there is to graphic designing is just. Uh, Amazing yourself with what artwork you could do. No, without a doubt. So, a fun fact for you guys is Stevens actually created the PWW Talks logo that we use. So, thank you, Stevens, for doing that for us. And we're going to jump right into this. So, we are 31 minutes post Dynamite, the Dynamite after WrestleMania, the Dynamite that Tony Khan <laughs> advertised as a pay per view worthy Dynamite. It opened the show with a pay-per-view-worthy match of Adam Cole and Christian Cage. We followed it up with the Dynamite debut of Samoa Joe, which I don't know if that would be a pay-per-view-worthy match, but it was cool to see. And uh, we had it's a just good to see worthy... Samoa. Sorry, go on. And we... No, you're good. And we had a pay-per-view-worthy main event between FTR and the Young Bucks. So overall, I enjoyed the show. Uh, Stevens let us know beforehand that he didn't really he didn't watch Dynamite tonight, so this will be just between the three hosts. Stevens, if you want to chime in on anything though, please feel more than welcome. Uh, Dakota and Rami, how did you guys feel about the show? I couldn't watch most of it either. Remember? No, oh, yeah, he had work. So Rami, I guess we'll discuss. The show for a few. <laughs> yeah, let's just banter. Um, <laughs> honestly, I mean, I'm not sure if Tony Khan said it about dynamite or rampage he's been hyping up rampages going up going forward so hopefully there's something in store to make up for tonight on rampage because pay-per-view worthy definitely not the main event ftr versus young bucks was incredible i would say um for you know a weekly main event match uh i can't really say anything else was really that memorable about it I like Jade Cargill's promo. I mean, I like Jade Cargill more and more every week, personally. But yep, she shat on MMA, MMA, uh, MMA rejects, I think she called them, that are coming over to WWE or to wrestling in general. So, I mean, she just made a nice little fan base of enemies or base of enemies right there. Wasn't Jeff Hardy in the show tonight? Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, Hardy the tables match. Yeah. That wasn't memorable. No, because AEW is just trying to end his career quicker than he's going to do it on his own. So, hey, yeah, hey. that man that man went through two tables tonight. One, he got put through. The second one, he swanton through. 
So did he hit the swan? A, he did hit the swanton this time. At forty something years old, unfortunately, Jeff shouldn't be. Uh, you know, can we get to the next topic? Okay. Doing no. this all weekly, but you know. Listen. Jeff Hardy is in AEW. This is why they brought the Hardy Boys together, and that is why they're there. Uh, going back to the Jade Cargo promo, Rami, I really liked how they introduced the. I don't know if this was the first week. This was the first week I've noticed it. The baddie section. That, that was second, uh, week. Second, second week. Okay, I didn't catch it last week. So that was a very interesting. That's something cool. Like I could. It's cool that they're trying to do these little things ringside and just to enhance the show. Like how that yeah. ringside right now they have the posters, the wanted posters for Wardlow. That's another good one. So it's just cool these little things they're doing ringside to try to enhance the experience for the fans that are there. It's funny. I feel like them insult. They're insult, insulting our intelligence to a degree with the Wardlow bit. Like, oh yeah, MJF was the one who paid my however month a or however much a year salary and now he's a persona non grata in all the aw arenas but he just like rampages through all this shit i mean sure i like how all the announcers were trying to sell it but i mean it's it's just a little weird i don't know how they're gonna who's gonna what are they gonna do just say like okay tony khan tony khan signed fuego del sol he'll sign wardlow i mean you would have jumped on yeah. wardlow years ago so, anyway, not a yeah, good dynamite, in my opinion. It's it, it is what it is. I mean, it's dynamite's always up and down, but we just gotta hope, like you said, rampage. It's nice on rampage. We do have Moxley and Danielson both wrestling singles matches, so that'll be something. I don't know if that'll they, make up for dynamite, but they need to make that show two hours, otherwise it's just gonna die because it looks like, I mean, dark part two, AEW dark part two. You know what? Yeah. At least that's at least that's where we get our usual weekly Dan Housen segment. So that's what I look forward to for Rampage. <laughs> I no. like Dan. I, I know I was never into him before, but I mean he's goofy enough that I like him. Or that's how I am. The problem with Rampage. Eruption. Um, they put Dan Housen on the superstars of AEW. Yes, they do. Yes. Unfortunately, he's signed. Dang. But he hasn't wrestled yet because he's recovering from injury. So all he does is just like pop out from under the fucking ring. He did try to join, um, oh, House of Black. There was yeah. one bit for me. He tried to join House of Black by submitting his resume. Found that pretty funny. <laughs> I, I didn't know who Dan Housen was till he debuted in AEW because I've just never followed ROH or anything like that. But I've absolutely fallen in love with the character. Like it really is entertaining. And it's so like simplistic. Because it's not, like, it's unique because, like, you don't see somebody that carries a full character around like this, like, in their wrestling career at the moment. Yeah. But it's, like, it's just the way he presents it, the way he comes off, the way, like, it feels so natural. Like, it feels natural out watching him on the screen. I mean, that's probably from all the practice he's had. It just really is an enjoyable character, and I do enjoy it tremendously. I found myself saying very nice, very evil right now. He's a little bit... But I mean, yeah, I agree with you. If you, someone can put on that kind of gimmick and not have you eye roll every time, I mean, mm -hmm. they're doing it right. So let's move on to new characters, yes. I guess. Or if we want to talk about NXT, or do, do we just want to go straight into uh, our WrestleMania binging? If you have something about NXT you want us to cover, we can, but I can only help you on the stand and deliver side. So I mean, 
I have to, all I can say, honestly, my biggest recollection of NXT from this entire past weekend has to nail down to Grayson Waller just uh, cannonballing down into a fucking ladder and the fact that he did that. And I mean, props to him because he could have won <laughs> the match, but instead he decided to just bombard down into a, a ladder. So, Was um, he on NXT yesterday? Do we know if he's injured? Do we get an update on that? Um, I think he then shot a back backstage promo. Oh yeah, he 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 had a backstage promo with a, in a slingshot. Yeah, he's yeah. out well, for eight months. Eight okay. months. I think it's a pretty bad break. I think. Let me check. Wow, they definitely well, did not play it off like it was eight months because he was talking about okay. how he'll be back. Let me check. Pray, prayers for him and a speedy recovery. Overall, I don't watch NXT, but the stand and deliver I had I watched obviously because I was helping do the coverage. And that was my first NXT like full show since it went to 2.0. I've watched segments since it came back. But that was a really good takeover. I mean, I don't know like where it ranks among all the other takeovers, but to know that they can still put on a product that good, despite the flaws that the product might have overall, is really uh, comforting. And it shows that this idea that WWE has of, like, let's bring in these younger athletes, let's try to change the, uh, the direction we're going in for the future might have some merit to it. I don't know if this will be like a long-term success, but it's definitely something I could see carrying some weight. Yours. Oh, what's up, Steven? Um, so uh, about the 2.0, there's uh, something about that. Uh, the tagline for th- that they use in the advertisement said, um, I just don't really get it. And if I do get it, it's actually kind of, uh, frustrating as a as a wrestling fan who likes to keep things uh, at work all the time. Uh, okay. Uh, the tagline being as real as it gets, or uh, as or as close as it gets, something like that. Just wanted to say, what are you doing, WWE? Uh, this is. Um, I think they're yeah. trying to pull into the reality narrative, like reality TV, not real. Like they're trying to sell it real. They're trying to go in because I mean, they're that's what NXT is now, like a fucking soap opera. I mean, random people just making out with each other, crushing on this, this crushing on that. I mean, that's half the bit. So I feel like. I feel you. Um, NXT wise, I don't have anything else, so we're just gonna move right into the oh. wrestling. Yes. Can I, I I need to give one proper applause for Lash Legend for putting on the first good match of her career. Um, I am a very big critic of Lash Legend. I don't understand how they released so many people and made her have any match on TV. I mean, you can look at, she's what, like not even three months into her NXT career, and she has a blooper reel, reel longer than most people. So like, uh, but this Tuesday, she's feuding with Nikita Lyons, and I'm not going to go into Nikita Lyons. That's everybody online is talking about her. I'm just going to give props to Lash Legend for actually improving. I was, I, I thought she was just going to be an embarrassment, but yeah. Props to her, props to Nikita Lyons, and let's see what, how the match plays out next week, I guess. Right next, yeah, next week. So yeah, four days probably after this comes out, three days. So we're all a little, as you could tell, we're all a little tired from the past weekends. Uh, professional wrestling, WWE, took over the world. This was a huge weekend for the company. Obviously, it is every year. 
but I feel like this one might have been bigger than others. It was it, a statement-defining one. It definitely was. WWE is still where they should be in the game. They showed they could still do it when they have to. WrestleMania 38 was one of the greatest WrestleManias I've ever seen personally when you put it all together from top to bottom. Obviously, it had its flaws. We had the, the unfortunate injury in the beginning. We had the main event that felt like it got abruptly stopped, which we still don't know if Roman's actually injured or not or what happened there. And, you know, it had its little flaws here and there. But overall, I don't think it should be understated how great of a show it really was, especially for all of the crap that WWE has gotten for the last year the way they've handled talent, with the way sometimes the week-to-week booking is, the questions, the doubts. I feel like they really put their stamp on the mark, and it was like, hey, we are still more than just sports entertainment, which obviously it was a very sports entertaining show, but it was just a solid show all around for professional wrestling, especially that first night. That first night was unbelievable. It was Absolutely. I was pacing around the house afterwards from excitement. Just I could not wait for the second night. Uh, Before we jump into it, I had two friends that both went to the event. I would like to I got to talk to them, did little interviews with them on the side. I wanted to just bring their answers to the podcast for us. So I just asked them a couple quick questions. I'm going to run through these really quick, but I wanted to share their answers with you guys because I want to see maybe if this can help us spark some conversation as well. If you guys want to chime in on anything, please do. Um, so the most interesting thing that was said to me was I asked them four questions was what were your favorite moments, the least favorite match, uh, which was a better wrestling match live AJ and edge or Seth and Cody. And my fourth question was who got the loudest pop? Interesting. Um, the most interesting answer that I got was from one of my friends. It wasn't the loudest pop. It was the weirdest pop, the like kind of the most disappointing pop was the Roman and Brock match and like the way it ended it was I don't from it was like not deflating but it was like it shocked the arena too the abruptness and the match overall was good it was what it was it was another Roman Brock match I mean Roman still hit four spears Brock hit I think it was only one f5 it might have been two they went through the barricade they did all their normal spots so you can't knock the match it was just that ended did not feel like they executed it properly. Uh, going back to the other questions, I asked what the favorite moments were. My one friend said Stone Cold, of course. He traveled all the way to Texas. He's a diehard Stone Cold fan. He was supposed to be there March 16th, 2020, the day, the first Monday Night Raw be- when the pandemic started and they had Stone Cold come out to an empty audience. He was supposed to be in Pittsburgh originally for that. He was going to travel down there, so he didn't want to miss this. Um, the other ones were the Becky and Bianca match and... Triple H coming out at the beginning of the night, too, which I thought was an interesting moment. Um, it was great for us as fans at home watching on TV, but I didn't even think about how exciting that could have been for the fans in the arena. Uh, for the next question of the least favorite match, it was either Ronda versus Charlotte, which was another interesting answer, I felt, because I felt like the match performed higher than the expectation going into the match because of the breakdown. And then the other answer, obviously, was the tag match that opened night one, which we unfortunately know why. My The third question of Edge versus AJ or Seth versus Cody, both friends answered the opposite match. So one said Edge versus AJ, Cody versus Seth. Maybe us four can be the tiebreakers for that one. And lastly, uh, the loudest pops went to Stone Cold, Triple H, and Undertaker for the three loudest. The loudest post-match pop was Becky versus Bianca. 
There's no Cody Rhodes in there? That was a great match. No, neither. Actually, nobody mentioned. Like, my friend talked about, uh, one of them talked about, you know, of course it was electric when Cody came out and it was huge. But I can understand why when it comes down to Stone Cold, Triple H, and Undertaker, Cody didn't quite get the same pop. You're going to the casual WWE audience in the arena, uh, and you have Cody Rhodes returning with his AEW theme and all that. Like, if they're not, there's not a lot of WWE fans that are casuals who follow both. So I can see where that could uh, mess up the pop. And also, like, you have three of the all time greats in Texas, where two of them are from, in Triple H, who deserves yeah. all the love and support in the world right now. So the commentary also helps sell Cody a lot. I mean, like, Corey Graves kept saying the prodigal son has returned and all this and they were they were keeping a lot of the hype of like if somebody if not us if somebody didn't know who Cody Rhodes was and they were watching that Wrestlemania and he just came up from underneath or whatever they wouldn't get it but they would hear all this hype based on uh, the commentators the pop wasn't as good as Stone Cold obviously once you hear a glass break everything marks out Stone Cold's pop was also like a solid like how long did he before he went back and grabbed the ATV like that pop was nonstop like it was just cheers on cheers on cheers like that was almost a minute and a half pop like that's not like your normal like entrance pop that was like that was something that was like we won't hear that again for a long time yeah uh I think this is a good place where Stevens can chime in so Stevens as someone that didn't follow AEW so you haven't seen Cody the last six months uh, through this Homelander arc. What was your reaction when Cody came <laughs> out to when Cody Rhodes returned to WWE? Um, it it was um, <laughs> speechless. Speechless. That's how I felt. Yeah, speechless. You you were. Uh, I I I actually recorded. A reaction video to that. I didn't get to posting it, uh, though, and I don't know if I will. Uh, it's, it's, it's like for archival purposes at this point, uh, <laughs> because um, I, I mean, I'll probably send it, send it in the chat and let y'all see it. But the, uh, I, I think the reaction I had was, uh, uh, well, my mother and I, we, we were watching the WrestleMania, um, and uh, she's. Um, uh, she, obviously, obviously, she's not a mark. Um, uh, uh, but um, uh, but yeah, I, I I recorded my reaction, and I think it, it was uh, um, just the uh, wow, it's Cody, and simply all that there was to it, if I remember correctly. So you still felt the excitement. Yeah, the, the excitement was solid. It was all inside, though. No, I feel you. I mean, Dakota saw my reaction live, and I have I posted my uh my reaction, and I was more speechless because I actually couldn't believe that WWE didn't mess us up, mess it up. The days into WrestleMania, I convinced myself we were getting swerved. Yeah, That's all I kept talking about. I convinced myself it was going to be Shane McMahon. And, like, the fact that Cody actually came out, like, I couldn't believe the fact that WWE didn't fuck it up. And, and that did, was more of my reaction. He did scream. That's funny. It, was, it was exciting. It was, a, it was an exciting moment as a Cody Rhodes fan. He was shaking, actually. You can see it in my Snapchat video on this TV. I hit my hands like this. 
And I'm like, wow. Ah. Yeah, it was, it was a moment. It was definitely a moment. It was the first of two big moments of the night, which we'll get to later. We got your dad to stay up for it, too. Yeah, we made my pop stay up. He was about to go to bed right before the match. And we said, Dad, you got to stay up. So my dad sat there and he just looked at us and he goes, who's that? As a very casual wrestling watching fan. So it didn't quite strike with him, but my dad only knows like the Undertaker and like anybody that wrestled in the early 2010s, which obviously Cody was around, but my dad can't name any other mid Carter at that time. So that's why I didn't quite hit with him. Something that surprised me, um, because I mean, I've been a wrestling fan since I was like a kid and it was because of my father. So my whole family has been wrestling fans kind of until the last several years when it got dorky. So my younger brothers were the ones that like, as they're going through puberty and it's getting dorkier, you know, they just like grew out of it, so to speak while I'm Mm -hmm. here watching, watching it like an adult. But um, one of my brothers commented on Cody and was like I didn't know he knew who Cody Rhodes was. He said he had no idea, but he found his tattoo very cool. I think something that they're really gonna seize on big time is merchandise. Like it's something that I definitely did not expect to be part of the Cody Rhodes returning to Raw or WWE package. But I can definitely see a big boost in merchandise sales straight off of him and his tattoo. Because even on Twitter, apparently, a lot of comments just were like, like, from new marks were commenting on how cool it is. To back back up that statement, uh, they did release three t-shirts for him off RIP for his return. Already? Yes. So they announced three t-shirts all in one post that get your American Nightmare gear. So they're definitely banking on some merchandise increases. And also, uh, do you know Chalkline, Chalkline, the brand? They make like the wrestling jackets and stuff. They've already mm-hmm. also announced that they have their Cody Rhodes jacket on the way as well. So they're going Wait. all in. Cody gets percentage of merchandise. I think the AEW would never have been able to capitalize off of his merchandise as much as WWE will. I mean, the kids alone are going to are going to eat that up. And AEW, he, I'm not going to say he did the right thing, but he definitely did the right thing for him. Like he was hated in AEW. People just were tired of him. Okay. Come where you're going to get the love and get the respect you want from the fans. When you go in front of eight-year-olds now, I mean, you're still fresh to eight-year-olds. Hey, hey George. Yes, Dakota. They sold out of all three shirts, uh, by the way. Wow. I didn't didn't order mine yet. That's tough. Nope, they sold out of them at AT AT&T Stadium and Superstore Access that night. They completely sold out of all three of them. So it wasn't a surprise. They were selling it that night, and yeah. they were oh. still trying to. <laughs> I, well, I, they probably wrestler. put them out. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Mm. They probably put them out uh, post-match, because when I was at the WrestleMania 35 and Kofi won, as soon as Kofi won, they're like, hey, go to the T-shirt stand. We have Kofi Championship shirts out now. And that was the shirt that Biggie and Xavier presented to him in the ring. Uh, the in the box. I don't remember I what the design was. Shirt. Did you buy one? No, I did not buy one. Oh. I know I should have because I was there, but it, I went, I got a Kofi hoodie weeks after to support Kofi, so that was my way of showing my support to him. I kind of don't like how they sold shirts that same night. Like, I know it's planned, but yeah. if they, you know what I mean? I feel like it'd be cool if they didn't. Yeah. I mean, how is Cody Rhodes such a surprise if they had thousands of shirts ready at, like, the end of the match? Boom, time to, time to throw it out, you know? I mean... 
we know it's scripted, but at least play into it for one night. Yeah, I know. they had night night two was there. They probably could have sold it for more even. But yeah. you're hundred percent right. Uh, so moving on for night one, I want to also touch on the Becky and Bianca match because, as someone said, that was their favorite match watching live. To me, I thought they were. That's going to go down now as the sleeper of the show because that was one of the absolute best wrestling matches on the show just with all the other big moments and it being a women's match, I feel like it won't get the proper respect that it deserves. But overall, that was an amazing match. And that was like a 15, 20 minute match with spot after spot. And it would, both women just tore the house down. It was, even though we know both women can wrestle, but it was like both women knew like, Oh, this is WrestleMania. This is the moment. And like, and I feel like obviously everyone came out to play this weekend, but they really just went another level than anything we've seen from them since Becky's been back easily. And Bianca, I don't watch Raw as much, so I don't know like what her week to week is matches and whatnot. But she kicks ass every week. It's crazy how I'm Bianca sure. do it too to the business, really. Like she didn't start that long ago. Bianca? Hey, yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. She's I, natural. She starts. No, I'm not Oh, while you look into that, I'm looking into uh, Becky is someone that I personally never found, you know, the top. I mean, yeah, she's always been at the top of uh, the food chain, but she's not the most talented wrestler on the roster, you could say. But she's always been a good wrestler. I've just never given her credit as to say she's the best. She's the man or was the man. She's not the best, in my opinion. But uh, that match, I have to say, she I could see how well she's able to sell. Like, she's able to put over her opponent in the ring very well because i mean bianca got like she was selling so well and that she fucked up at one point that's how bianca got her eye bruised but i mean both women are incredibly talented bianca's super strong so for her to sell all of that properly i mean isn't it, it was a fantastic match i can't really think of another match that was better except we man but We'll get there as well. Um, When did Bianca start? So her career started in 2016, right? Which is how many years ago? Six years ago. Okay, so so she got her CrossFit career ended. Mark Henry got her the tryout, and then six months later she debuted. So 2016, and she's 32. So yeah, a few yeah. years. Yeah. Uh, Dakota is my witness that when that heel hit her eye, I said to him that heel hit her eye, and I was not surprised that she had that black eye. Yeah. I just can't. You can... It's just the title now at SummerSlam. Probably back to Becky. Nope, to Liv. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where Liv fits in the Ronda Becky plans for the next year, but or hopefully Sasha. she does somewhere. Gotcha. Anyone think Liv Morgan's ever going to win a, the top title in her career? Yes, in SummerSlam. For like Not 15 seconds or something? Or Steven, go ahead. Oh, I mean, I was raising my hand in agreement that I do believe that she will... Um, Not like a pity uh, championship. Liv Morgan. Like a title reign. Not like a pity reign. Ooh, that is a good question. Yes, she was. I, I don't. I don't hate on her. I just don't. So think she's gotten she's... praised lately. I can't remember. I'm gonna look it up right now. She got praised by, um, 
actually by Rhea Ripley because apparently she don't put on let me see Rhea Ripley is in full praise apparently she works harder than anybody else you can see that she's improved in the ring since her time in the riot squad i mean i never gave a rat's ass about anyone in the riot squad but Mm -hmm. i thought she was the weakest and since that point she's definitely improved her in-ring game i mean i can say that much but I think she has to go on a singles run now with Rhea leaving the teammate team, you know? Or they can go dark with Rhea, because I think Edge's faction needs a lot of loyalty. I think it needs to be, like, the NWO, but, like, yes. grim. You got to remember, she walked out on Liv last week, so they're, you know. Maybe she sees the light. Go ahead, Greg. Or, or, they'll, or they'll bring Rhea, and they'll bring Alexa Black back. That, they I'm should make about. they should make the dark the edges faction the dark order but not the goth spirit squad version where they're actually serious. You mean the good? You that's mean what, the dark order? Yeah, they, that's basically what they should do. Like where they're actually serious, and mm-hmm. but like you just said, how they're that big group and they all travel around together. That would be perfect because then Edge could also always be on TV and never have to wrestle. Yeah. I think that's the biggest value coming out because Edge is Edge's, Edge's showing his worth on the mic. The problem is he wants to wrestle, though, is the thing. Well, yeah, but he's, How old is he's he still new. He's 57. He's how much? He's like 48, I think. Oh, yeah, he's on his 50s yet. Um, that's, the, that's the thing, though, is Edge. Edge is, I mean, Edge wants to wrestle, but he only does the part time schedule, which is fine. But if you keep him in the group and you have him around with a big group, he could still wrestle that same schedule, even do a couple of Raws here and there, SmackDowns here and there. But you still have where he's there not taking toll on his body. He can just be the mouthpiece, the manager that screws the other team. He'll still be an integral part of the group, which we just skipped the second night with talking about Edge. So let's jump to night two and then we'll come back to night one for the second biggest moment of well, the biggest moment of the weekend. So Edge versus AJ, I thought it was great. I thought on TV, so that's why I asked the question about which match was better to experience live. I feel like the crowd on TV wasn't, it didn't seem as into Edge and AJ at points, which is okay, because like that match wasn't for a live crowd. That was for the professional wrestling side of the business. That was for the professional wrestling fans. And it absolutely delivered on that 100% until the sports entertainment ended, of course. But overall, like, I really loved the match, and it was, like, what it was supposed to be, and I hope we do get Edge versus AJ Part 2, even if it's at Backlash, because they're trying to set up with AJ feuding with the faction. Uh, how did you guys feel about the match? Where did you guys rank it on the weekend? You guys can give it a little breakdown. Go. Our guest. Oh, me. Uh, All yours. <laughs> The floor is yours. <laughs> um, uh, well, um, I I know I write blessings, but like a like the good student I was in high school. Um, so I, I do apologize about this. Um, but it was. Um, Sorry about that, my, my cat jumped on my chair. Um, 
I if it was on night two, I didn't actually do any blessings for night two. Um, it, I know it's, I know that the blessings are going to be delayed um, for night two, and I. But just hearing his, his I, I I specifically waited for WrestleMania to hear Edge's new theme song because uh, there was a couple months. Uh, well, it's still early in the years, but in the year, but uh, for about two months, I did not watch any wrestling whatsoever, and I focused all on graphic design. And uh, so when I re- returned to watching wrestling, it, um, oh, sorry about that, my cat jumped. Um, but when um. When I returned to watching wrestling, um, and and I and you know intentionally not listening to Edge's new theme song until WrestleMania, it it was so epic to wait for that. I mean, it, I mean the the payoff was epic. It was not an epic wait, but the the payoff was something. You since you since you held yourself back, um, I think I mentioned it the other day. Every week for the last several weeks, they've been continually building upon his intro. Like, I mean, this time they added that beginning part. Uh, you think you know me? Haha, <laughs> you wish you did. I mean, they that wasn't in there a couple of weeks back. Every week they add a new little element into it. I, I mean, I think that's a large part like, given to Edge because they give him basically like creative reins over his own end. Um, yeah. And he sees what is working and what isn't, and what allows it. So he's improving it. And so, just since you were mentioning the entrance, I was gonna I say, I was gonna say a huge part of the uh, epic payoff. I feel like too for him could have been he got to see the grand entrance with the new theme song. Edge came down from that big, whatever it was that lifted him up with the flames and all that stuff. So it was just, I feel like he got to hear the entrance, the music for the first time as a part of the grand show. Because Edge's entrance was a grand show at WrestleMania. So I can definitely see how that enhanced the experience for him uh, as well. Dakota, do you have any thoughts on the match? I liked it. The ending, like you said, I didn't like. But they could have done that in a different way, which I understand why they did it that way. But AJ being in the business for, you know, 20 something years now at this point and getting distracted by a guy just randomly standing there you know it's just i get why they did it but at the same time it shouldn't have happened you know that's all that's actually something uh, i think that i mean i know that they're not going to bury aj until the end of his career because i think this is his final contract that he just signed um yeah i don't know how many years it is three years but Three years. Okay, so I'm guessing this might be like his jobbing year, and then the next two years he's gonna have to end on a high note because the man works. He's a workhorse. I mean, he works every every week. He's doing great matches on TV, and he's just getting embarrassed lately. I mean, like he does great. He performs well, but the storyline is just not there for him. Even with almost, I mean, like he that was just like, I mean. Everything is predictable. Problem is he needs a little bit. He's won every Problem. title, so like he doesn't have anything to really do, you know. That's true. Maybe this Edge 
feud kind of builds a little emotion into his uh, next but, phase. Well, then what's he going to go after? Because he's not going to win the main title. They're going to give that to Cody. Yes. You know, so it's like, what is he fighting for? I don't think he needs to. I don't think he needs to fight for a title. I mean, like Edge is not trying to go for a title. When he first came back, I think that was like his first match back or something, uh, a championship match. And I mean, no one really thought he was going to beat Reigns, but that was his first beginning. After that, that's when he really started building into his character, like because he wasn't just running after a fucking title. If you can build your persona without a title, then like the title is necessary for someone like Omos because he needs to just dominate through and through. But if you can actually get a storyline behind you or some sort of emotional investment, AJ is nearing the twilight of his career. Frankly, I don't know what the investment emotionally is, but I just don't want him to just keep getting jobbed out. That's a shame. I hope he's getting paid extra. Like, <laughs> oh, he's, he's getting the bag in WWE. Uh, so another big moment. Let's just. I want to save the Stone Cold for last. That's why I said we'll go back to night one. We'll finish that off like for our WrestleMania talk. So let's just from night two. The only other let's go to the let's do the Roman and Brock match because that'll probably be the third biggest match of the night, well the, of the weekend. It was the champion versus champion, the unification. We touched on it briefly already. We talked about the abrupt ending. Uh, my question for you guys is: Do you think it was an injury, or do you think that was always the plan? And they just did not sell it how they were supposed to. I think it was always the plan. Because if you see how close the cameraman got to Paul and him when that happened, um, I, I don't think it was. I think it was part of it. Steven? Steven? It had to be a, a, a shoot. Uh, uh, that, that's the proper word to use here. Uh, yeah. I, I think it was real. Okay. Yeah. Robbie, what's your opinion? I I think it was a real miscommunication. I don't I mean based on Raw, I don't know if he's actually fully injured. Maybe if his shoulder popped out or something like that. But I think it was a real misunderstanding basically. Brock hurt Paul Heyman talking to Roman, you know, when you're talking about the camera zooming in. And I mean I remember hearing that Roman was saying, My shoulder, ah, it's out. I think it's out. I think Paul may have reacted to that. That made Brock think like, oh, it's time to, you know, wrap this up for the sake of the injury. And that's why it was just all of a sudden like that. But that couldn't, there's no way you get speared like six times or whatever the hell, back to back to back and get Superman punched back to back to back. And you don't get pinned one, two, three. And then that random reversal. And it's not even a full spear. He did like a quarter half spear like in the middle of the ring with no acceleration into it, you lose one, two, three. I don't think any booker would actually say that is a good ending to WrestleMania. Like they wanted WrestleMania to end with that deflating on that deflating of a note. Like not just one night, both nights ends like that. Like collectively the end of WrestleMania is that deflating. I don't think that could have been on purpose. I see where you guys are. Uh, yes, sir. That was not the most deflating thing of the night, though. You know what the most deflating thing of the night was? That New Day match. Wait a minute, you didn't give us your thoughts. Wow. Oh. 
But and Stevens had something to say also, but go ahead. Oh, Stevens, you go first, Stevens. Um, so regarding the um, main event, I I think I'm I'm calling it I'm calling it I'm calling it now. They're gonna have a fourth WrestleMania main event between Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, to just so that way uh, they can make the claim that. Uh, and I'm not criticizing it. It's just uh, I uh, I feel like that's what the direction we're heading in. Uh, WWE is going to make sure that the, uh, the say that Roman's been more main events than anyone else, and and and, and you know it it may well actually it definitely will build up Roman's prestige and and uh, calling so it out Randy here. Right now. Oh, sorry, Randy Orton. Like every Randy Orton every weekend, every pay per view now, I keep hearing about how he's breaking some historical record for most appearances and. Mm-hmm. This one or that one or this or that. I mean, every I, Randy Orton this time, for example, um, he was the first person to ever enter WrestleMania with every single title belt at one point or something like that, or a WrestleMania title defense with every single title. Like, I, I don't know. Every single pay per view, he's breaking some record. He it has the most raw matches in history. He does everything. I don't know. Hey, George. He's going to retire very soon, but yeah. He said he yeah, wants so to for another 10 years. Who's over 10 years? Randy Orton wants to wrestle for another 10 years. I don't think that's possible. He said that? I thought he was saying he wants to wind it down. And he's gonna No, he's going to re-sign, he said, too. He said he feels great and he wants to do it for at least till he's 50. If he gets... Well, his contract's going to be fucking huge. And then, George... You know, you know what the main event next year is going to be. So, you know. I'm excited for it. Reigns Rock? Uh, Reigns Rock is going to go stupid. That's going to be electric. They have to pull it off at this point. Especially, see, my thing is, is like, my thing is uh, Stone Cold, like, came back and he did that match. Like, there's no way The Rock didn't watch that match. Maybe he didn't watch live. But you know he watched it within the next, we'll give him 72 hours at most. You know what we're going to do, right? But, finish talking. I'm sorry. No, finish talking. So then The Rock, like, you know, The Rock's going to watch that match and he's going to get that. That's going to ignite the fire in him. Because if Stone Cold at 58 can do that with all his injuries, it's going to push The Rock to come back and finally do that Roman match, I think. The Rock isn't not coming back because his health isn't allowing it. I mean, it's literally his handlers contractually. Oh, no, I know. All the Hollywood producers don't want him to risk getting injured. But the dude. No, I- Probably works out more now than he did when he was wrestling. Yeah. No, I get that. It's just, you know, like, there's that. He has to want to. Like, he has to want to give up that the Hollywood time. He has to want to get back into ring shape, which isn't fitness shape. And he has to want to pr- give his time to the WWE. And I think $100 million a year. And I think seeing that, like, Stone Cold reaction and just the way the internet blew up. Because, like, obviously we saw The Rock in 2012 and 2013. But the internet and social media weren't quite what they are right now when it comes to promoting wrestling. And the amount of buzz that would create for The Rock, who already creates his own buzz, would be immaculate. Especially in L.A. Especially in L.A. Uh, so well, I think Cena's going to be there, too. Cena's Hollywood now. Well, don't, so. get, don't get that started now. Yes, I mean, Steven. now people like Cena, right? Go ahead, Steven. Uh, so uh, that... Um... 
the possibility of the rock returning next year it's it reminds me of that meme uh when you beat the main game and you're working on side quests yeah <laughs> that's a good comparison i like that um i was i've been saying all weekend think about how big they went for dallas we got vince stone cold three celebrity appearances Kyle and pat Next year in Hollywood, I don't know, like, I was thinking back, like, maybe some of these were originally scheduled just for this year, like, contractually, and then, like, with the coronavirus pandemic, pushing back Dallas and the other one, it kind of messed up, like, where they took place, but I definitely feel like, see, I I don't know if, I I don't know how that all works, like, I don't know how far in advance they booked the celebrities, but I feel like in Hollywood, if we got three in Dallas, we're getting way more in Hollywood, and we're going to get way more surprises. We might have to do a vlog when we're out there, George. Yes. They usually um, booked a venue like a year and uh, over a year and a half out from the place. So, I mean, they definitely didn't book Dallas hoping that, you know, the audience wouldn't be there at that point. But, I mean, next year in L.A., they have to go harder than this year. I think this year is the reason why this year was such a heavy hitting show was, frankly, because it was a statement definer for WWE in their pseudo war against AEW. Like, if it's up to Vince McMahon, he would go hard for SummerSlam and Survivor Series as well just to, you know, cut the snake off the head of AEW before it even reaches next WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. They saw AEW's just been getting steam. And, I mean, frankly, I was jumping ship to AEW, like, in terms of fandom. And this week brought me back. I thought... WrestleMania was executed beautifully, even in the parts that it wasn't, except the Charlotte Ronda Rousey match. I'm not a fan, but yeah, it was it was and something. The, um, I don't know what you said, Dakota. You're you're muted. And the New Day. Oh yeah, that that I, that match I think was like just I don't know. They wanted Xavier to be happy or something, so they just gave that match. I have no idea why that was even there. Well, the thing I don't understand is they they had the guy that won. Is the one that injured Big E is the one that pinned him. That too. You would think that was going to be the match. I aware uh, he's getting. So the match was scrubbed or scrapped, scrubbed, scrapped from yeah. night one, mm-hmm. and then night two they put it on the card to start the night apparently, and then they removed it like they just never did it, and then it just shows up right before the main event. I mean, I have no idea what the hell the point of that was they definitely would have been better off without it there has to be a reason that that was done like that though a buffer Mm. i i'm not sure uh speaking of vince though going hard he definitely went hard during that austin theory segment the match the follow-up all of it it was it was cool to see yeah he did slip well a lot less painting than the knoxville might fight pat Pat described it as that Stone Cold is still kicking people directly in the gut with his full force. So that might have been the reason why Vince messed up the stunner. Michael, uh, Cole, Michael Cole said uh, Vince was trying to escape. <laughs> Vince was trying to escape. He yeah, played it off for an audible that for on-the-fly call. That was great. That was better than I think I could have came up with. Yeah, uh, that was a really fun match. The Sami Zayn match with uh, the Jackass, Jackass. group. That had no absolute reason for being as entertaining as it was. It was Absolutely. it was sports entertainment, but 
going through it and just the way they executed everything and they brought everyone in and they brought in the stunts and all that stuff. It was, it was they had no business being as entertaining as they were, and it's it's hats off to them because Sami Zayn, that's going to be a huge WrestleMania uh, moment for him. Like when you look back at his career, because that will always that that's always going to be an entertaining match. I feel like even when you go back to watch it, and just the way he carried it all, like. He, he sold it perfectly. It was it was a great moment by him. To wrap us up for the WrestleMania talk, we can jump back to night one now. And oh, that, I, thought, uh, I thought Wee Man deserved his own episode, by the way. But, I mean, okay, let's wrap it up, sure. I thought that I, was pending. I thought that was... Uh, I forgot. Never mind. I saw a TikTok I thought that was, today. I, I want to mention, mention one thing about that, Matt, just because... Considering, I mean, we've all seen the development of WWE, at least all of us here. I, the way I would describe that match, Sami Zayn versus Johnny Knoxville slash Jackass, was basically the hardcore era, like the hardcore title matches from the back from back then. The perfect transition for it into a PG format, like that was a hardcore match that perfectly turned into, you know, a hardcore match for kids. It was I like it. You did everything. They had all the stupid spots. Everything was expected or not expected. I mean, I did not expect that Wee Man spot, but like, it was it was the perfect way to show a hardcore match in WWE now. There, I wish they there did was this a, years ago, frankly. No, I feel you. There was a TikTok match, and not a TikTok. There was a TikTok of the match. The moment that Pee Wee picked up uh, Sami Zayn. But they yeah. put over the audio from when Hulk Hogan slammed the uh, Andre. Oh, yeah, I saw that. That was that was uh that was something. Uh, Stone Cold versus Kevin Owens. I forgot his name for some reason. I think we all had a feeling that it was going to be more than just a talk show, but the way they executed it, it was perfect. It was it was amazing. That was my first time seeing Stone Cold Steve Austin wrestle live. He stopped wrestling three four years before I even started watching. So to be able to watch it live, it was it was an awesome moment. It was I think it was a moment for you, you older fans. It was a moment for all wrestling fans. Like David's reaction too was great during the match, him talking about it. It was just it was just the second moment of WrestleMania weekend that we really needed. It was huge. It capped off night one. It'll forever be a great moment. And hopefully it I think it will be Stone Cold's final match. I can't see them convincing him again to come back for one more. Like, unless it's another WrestleMania in Dallas, Stevens, go for it. Um, so, uh, that Stone Cold match, it was... Um, um, Your cat likes Stone Cold, too. <laughs> yep. It, he, uh, he's purring so much right now. Uh, uh, he, he loves you guys. Uh, um, so, uh, I'm, I'm thankful to have been blessed with that Stone Cold match uh, because when he had his most recent match prior to I mean in his last match prior to um, the one at WrestleMania this year, I was almost five years old and so to have been able to see him wrestle live like that I I'm it's just one of those things where I'm, I'm very thankful for that experience yeah uh, no, I was I got into Stone Cold or like as I got into wrestling was basically one Stone Cold 
near the end of Stone Cold's career as well. Like he was getting more injured and or he got injured, so he was doing more promo work at that point than he was actually brawling uh for the most part. That was his first neck injury, I think it was. Um but basically all the promo bits, everything from the what's and him saying I went to this and then I went to that and everything was beautifully nostalgic. I mean, the second night with him and Vince, beautiful. That's like everyone expected the glass to shatter and him to pop out just because that is the nostalgic expectation of seeing Vince McMahon in the ring with his black wife beater on like that and all this. I mean, like fact of the match aside, like him, Pat McAfee is MVP of that night. I can tell that, I don't know if you guys notice it. I feel like I could tell that that last stunner on Pat was not planned. But when he saw that the Vince McMahon spot was ruined, he, that Pat McAfee, Pat McAfee took an audible and just like went in so, the ring so. and definitely did that just so he can like save the highlight reel, you know? But yeah, that's his because I mean he's he's a producer also. I mean he has his own show and all that, and he's smart. But that I think Pat McAfee deserves MVP of the night for that and the perfect meme afterwards with him stunned down drinking that beer. He's like he I did not expect that to be as entertaining as it was from front to end. Mm-hmm. No, it was it was something. Shout out to Pat. I mean I know we kind of breezed over that segment that match but pat really killed it between that superplex that he did uh the swanton it was he just carried his weight throughout the match his entrance was grand the way he sold the stunner was great it was he really killed it stone cold killed it he had a in stone cold you got to give him his credit too he took he took real bumps out there that man probably took harder bumps than some of the other superstars from throughout the night he took the suplex out on the concrete he took the two he did the two suplexes or the one and then he took the other on the stage and those aren't easy bumps like those aren't in the ring which the ring isn't much softer but you know the ring you're used to it's come out at 58 take those some of those bumps for your first bumps in 15 16 years those are those are incredibly painful bumps you know i don't know how much they actually paid but i heard that uh licensing of the seven nation army song that pat mcafee came out to not including the Dallas cheerleaders, just licensing the rights to the song apparently costs over a million dollars. So they basically paid like a million dollars for his intro, roughly, whether it's more or less, however they got it. They definitely paid. That's probably unexpectedly the most expensive intro of the night, even though Sasha came in with a Lambo. But like, and I, I mean, that's one for thing. no reason. Yeah, I don't get it. It did help the theory that, you know, most expensive intro wins the match. Okay. So. I've never heard that, but I like that. It's a, it's a, I think it's a proven theory at this point, except with Triple H. I mean, he just goes out all out every time. Then he loses. He, but. He, he does that out of, the, out of his own pocket, probably. Yeah. Uh, does anyone else have any WrestleMania thoughts that we didn't get to? WrestleMania thoughts. I think Ronda Rousey needs to go back to MMA, but that's a whole other thing. Austin Theory sold the stunner better than anyone else. Go Steven. Yeah, my WrestleMania thought is why was not why was the most important title not dependent on the on either night? 
the 24-7 title. Yeah. I second that opinion. Where are I'm you, surpri- Dana Brooke? I'm surprised they didn't shoehorn that in somewhere. I was actually surprised about that. You and it was not. And a Stone Cold segment would have been oh, great. Do you think they're going to bring another title? Like a new? Do you think they're going to come out with a new title? or? I think they have to decide what they're uh, doing with the two right now. I I think Cody hinted at bringing back the World Heavyweight Championship. I would love that one back. I don't think he's going to use the, that WWF title. That I don't know. I mean, they're paying to make new ones, but I would really hope that they get a different design or use one of those old school designs. I think right now it's basically up to if Cody wants to be title of one brand or champion of one brand or both brands. But... At this point, the only person I can see them giving it to is Cody. So maybe Reigns makes his own title belt. I think, oh, this is a perfect WrestleMania takeaway or question. What the hell? Like, WrestleMania being two nights makes it even more egregious. How do they not have the mid-card champion belts be defended on any night or a pre-show or a dark match or whatever the hell. I mean, there was not a sliver of a mention of either mid-card belt. They didn't even have a pre-show match at all. Well, I mean, they they could have done it during a commercial break for all I care, but I, like a squash match. But just, you're supposed to have WrestleMania, like it's supposed to be the match or the night where everything is like battle of the belts or whatever. I mean, it's the night where everyone shows up. You have the second most important belt in your division show up. I mean, I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, they might as well just give it to. I don't know. That's a that's a debate for another day. But we'll 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 touch on that next week for our PWW talk. So that'll be one I, of our segments. Yeah. Who is the current Intercontinental Champion? Do you know? Do you know? <laughs> um. So continuing on. So. I'm surprised that they didn't have the 24-7 title on WrestleMania or the Raw after Mania because I just feel like you see it every week on Raw, but maybe there was a backstage segment that I'm forgetting about off the top of my head, but mm-hmm. I can't think of it. So we're going to go with that they didn't have it. Go ahead, Steve. Actually, the most important question about WrestleMania was, that I mean, it has to be... Um, where was the Iron Sheik? He teased the surprise. At WrestleMania 17, uh, uh, Bobby Heenan promised us that it would take him until WrestleMania 38 to rock, to walk down the aisle. And for some <laughs> reason... Oh, now I get the tweet. Okay. Because Iron Sheik was tweeting about that, that this past week. Makes more sense. Iron- the Iron Sheik on Twitter is absolute gold. I just absolute hope it's actually gold. him. Yeah. Oh, me too. Imagine if not, that'd be sick. I could, I could just see him like on a potty break, just doing all these angry all cap text tweets, talking shit to Hulk Hogan. <laughs> um. So the Raw after Mania. Yeah. We had Cody. We had Cody's speech, his return. You know, the American Dream speech. He's going to continue the legacy. He's going to build the legacy. He's going to be the legacy. It was unscripted. No. 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 Oh, I, I, who knows no. what it was at this Breaking point. Breaking news. That's Cody not said true. It was. Breaking news. That's not true. 
I heard that too. And then it was, apparently during Dynamite, I saw something else that says that's not true. Cody looked like it was. Oh. We'll it was pre-approved. Oh, pre-approved. So, so I don't know what that entails. That's the that was the other word I saw thrown around today because I did see Cody said he was unscripted. The dirt sheets have been going on and on talking about that was a scripted WWE promo. You could tell why did he use this word? Why did he use that word? Blah 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 blah. So then it I came to pre-approved today. Then the last word I heard was pre-approved, where he's like, "Well, I ran it by Vince. He knew what I was going to talk about, so maybe they didn't go over it word for word, bar for bar." So I'm not sure how that works out. Regardless, I really enjoyed the promo. Can I make one small comment on the pre-approval? I think basically the pre-approval is them every week reminding Cody not to mention AW on WWE television. It's like, say whatever is on the script. You know, paraphrase wherever. Just don't mention AEW. Don't mention AEW. Because even in the promo, he used the word wrestling. He said professional wrestling or professional wrestlers. I don't know. I just yeah. remember noticing that because you know they say sports oh. entertainment now. It was he did not mention AEW though. So I that's you. the pre-approval basically. That we had that promo. Uh, what else did we have for Monday Night Raw? I'm just gonna run down Raw. Then we can talk about whatever we each have a feeling on. What we liked. What we didn't like. Uh, we had Beer. Oh, yeah. Great. Beer came out, Uh, destroyed. uh... Yeah, Dakota? (laughs) No, I'm kidding. I said next. No, that would have been been a much better promo if we didn't know that he was debuting this week. Like, the point of them mentioning the week that he was going to show up was so stupid. Because imagine we were still wondering, where is Beer, where is Beer, where is Beer? And then... I mean, the Raw after Mania, maybe we would have expected something, but at least it would have been way better of a surprise. I frankly am very okay with seeing Veer dominate the Mysterios. Like, the only question is, it sucked that it was expected. But he's going to be a monster heel, guys. I mean, they're invested in him. I'm hyped for it. That amount of mockery that they took with all those Veer's coming shit, they have to pay it off somehow. They literally aired those for over six months. Like, it's not even a joke. Yeah, yeah uh, more than six months, actually. <laughs> we had the debut of Ezekiel, the return of, of Elias. It's not a lot. Your brother. Dude, it's his younger brother, dude. Come on, get it straight. We're going to get back to all that. Don't you worry. Uh, we had Omos and MVP form an alliance as MVP stabbed Lashley in the back. Stupidest heel turn, or yeah, heel turn ever. And the last big moment of Raw that I will bring up is Roman Reigns came out and said, come watch me on SmackDown. And that was the promo that they built up the entire night and they did nothing with it, which I still, I mean, it's it's smart advertising. It's like, hey, look, I got both belts. Come celebrate, figure out what I'm doing next on Friday and then we go from there. So what I have to ask you guys now is obviously the Raw after Mania didn't have the big moment that we used to see. Uh, I also want to include that the Raw after Mania usually only ever had one big moment, maybe, with maybe a surprise debut or two. So it's kind of like... It's always a raucous crowd. Yeah, that's more of like, I feel like that's more of the thing for the Raw after Mania is the crowd than the actual moments on TV. It's just... I think this time they were tired. We literally got the, like, I think the only reason why, like, the Raw after Mania is so, like, oh, we're going to see something big happen is because of the one cash-in that happened. The Ziggler. 
And I feel like ever since then, it's like they always expect like that top tier moment. But it's like realistically, it's like we're going to get a big moment. It's not going to be a cash in, obviously. We're going to see debuts. So it's like the, you know what to expect the Raw after Mania. I don't know why people have this high ceiling for it, maybe. Like WWE, we know what we're getting. So there's better WWE historians out there that would be able to give specific examples. But just historically, a lot of repackages that I think for one of them even was Razor Ramon that came after a WrestleMania. I mean, just in general, a lot of these every year, the WrestleMania, the Raw after WrestleMania is expected to be basically them introducing the new arcs for the next year, for the next season, so to speak. So that, I mean, it may not be every Raw every year. Um, and historically, I don't think that Ezekiel was a debut, really. Veer wasn't a debut. They really kind of didn't have surprises this one. But in my opinion, it was probably the best Raw in a very long time. Yeah, I agree. I, Only, it's, yeah. It was it was better than most of the Raws that built up WrestleMania. Yeah. Ratings-wise, it was their best Raw in years. So. Million, baby. Dynamite never touched two million. <laughs> That's why you said go watch SmackDown. SmackDown's about to have their best year ever. Or best uh, week ever. They're going to have... Oh, they're, Stevens? Yeah, sorry, Stevens. I didn't mean to cut you off. Um... Um, I was uh, saying that uh, it's because of Veer that it's the best Raw of the year. Bars. Yeah. He's got bars. Get that? For, that? He, he got a pop. You gotta, I mean, I don't know if it was like a mockery pop, but he, he got reaction for Veer. That's what's important, I feel like, is he got reaction. That's really what WWE looks for. That's what they want. So, I mean, even if it was a mockery pop, it was still a pop. And that means hopefully, you know, next week he will beat Ray. And the week after, we'll see him beat Dominic. And then the backlash, we'll see him beat both of them. And we'll just build on this. And like you said, he'll become the monster heel, I hope he does become. Because... You a WWE writer or what? Trying to be. Trying to be. I just wrote out the, I just wrote out the next month right here for them. Yeah. Um, I think we'd make better plots. Um, I have a very important question for the crowd because uh, you're talking about the reactions. One reaction that I feel like was very mixed was uh, of Elias' second, brother. Stevens, whatever you're making the noise with, can you quiet? Um, there you go. Stop. Yeah. There you go. Okay. It was it was like over your audio, Rami. That's why. Go on. No, I, I appreciate that. Now I lost what I was saying, but I appreciate it. Bye, oh. I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, no, no. Uh, this is something that I want to ask everyone because you're talking about crowd reactions, and one crowd reaction that I feel like was really mixed was of Elias's brother Ezekiel. I mean, some of us were fans of it. Some of us thought it was stupid. The crowd was kind of mixed. I feel like Veer got a bigger pop than Ezekiel. Um, and I think it's very important to see what they do with it next. The question I have here, do you guys think when Elias eventually returns, him and his younger brother are going to go for the tag titles against RK Pro? You're going to see Jesus return before you see Elias return next to Ezekiel. 
Yeah, how is that going to happen? <laughs> um, I mean, Elias is somewhere. I don't know. He buried himself in one of those promos before, but maybe he had like an oxygen tank under underground. I don't know. You know, he's gonna come back. He's gonna come back, dude. Stop. He's gonna team up with his younger brother. I don't know how talented his younger brother is, but I mean, imagine them together. That would be like the dream team. What? He said that's the WWE logic right now. I get what he's saying. I get it. What? Nothing. You don't think RK Bro versus the brothers? Well, I don't know what their last names are. They both are coincidentally are like Madonna. They only have first names, so like. Well, it's gonna call So you know. No, it's not, dude. Stop it. Like, don't mislead our audience, please. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying, like, okay. them, and also think about it. If you really do believe that, and Ezekiel slash Elias manages to pull off winning the tag titles by himself as an individual, I think that by itself is a storyline that would be great. Maybe not, like, to hold a title forever as one person yeah. holding both tag titles. But Did if you- they manage to figure something, something, something I don't know. Do you know you haven't seen George and John Cena in the same room together? I've okay. never seen John Cena at all. They're brothers. That is interesting. Wow. Yeah. You can't see uh, him. Uh, what was I going to say? I was going to say, oh, I want to Ezekiel Tag Champs. I'm telling you guys, book it. When a year from now that he's tag champion by himself, I, I, they heard this podcast. That's all I'm going to say. Go ahead. I want to just give my breakdown that I gave to you of, like, the gimmick. Because I feel like a lot of people didn't understand the gimmick of Ezekiel. <laughs> and that's the biggest thing. Like, why, like, people like were like, oh, this was bad. It's like, no, this wasn't bad. Like, WWE repackages people and just acts like it never happened. So instead of doing that, WWE had Elias come out as Ezekiel. Acknowledge the fact he's Elias just about. But gave him a reason why he's not Elias anymore. Yeah, so and they- then he still sold it. Like... They made Kevin Owens a normal fan, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. And then, like, you just had a lot, like, Ezekiel, like, refusing to acknowledge it, like WWE normally does, right on screen for you with all these new gimmicks. So that's why this gimmick is so genius, is because it's WWE making fun of themselves in a gimmick. It just sucks that Ezekiel is the only person that has to carry the uh, the torch to do this. But I do hope you're interested with them. I I, I mean... I, in their defense, this is still the first week that they've ran with this gimmick. I feel like they don't mock themselves often enough. That's why I'm hoping this turns to be great. But um, what they do with it is incredibly important, just in general. Ezekiel, Elias, I feel like he was very good on the mic. Like, he was amazing. In, in the limited capacity that he would always be saying the same things. And wa- I walked with Elias. I mean, like... I don't know if he knew more than two like chords on the guitar, but like the dude yeah. actually is good on the mic. So maybe he can actually run with this gimmick great. He was able to hold a straight face while he said that whole, everything like, I'm Elias. Elias is gone. I'm I'm his younger brother. I mean, like he was able to hold a straight face for that whole promo. And but he I, had <laughs> such a beautiful beard. He what? He had such a beautiful beard. Like yeah, it breaks yeah. my. Trust me, I get I, I, I appreciate I appreciate uh, good man scrub, but I mean the rumors were that apparently no, he shaved his head. So imagine that as a bald man, I also appreciate that other side. So off subject here for a moment if uh, if I may the uh, I don't know if y'all heard it out there, but the uh, A train is going through this town. 
No, wait, wait, a, a train what? A train going through the town. Um, trying to make a very bad dad joke about. Sorry, uh, I live I live in New York, so the A train is like not far away. So that's what just registered. I'm like, <laughs> wait, what are you talking about? I think uh, I think he's trying to get a dad joke off about like A train and Albert and like all the repackages he had to go through, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I was trying to make a joke like a uh, uh, hear that out there. It's a train in uh, uh, Alberts, and um, because there's a train going through nearby, and yeah, it was it's a horrible joke. <laughs> All right, I think Hire unless we have, do we have exactly. any more Rotomania thoughts? I no. think Pat McAfee deserves a raise. That's all. Yes, and Wee Man needs to get signed, but otherwise, no. Pat McAfee deserves to be. United States champion. That would be great. And he defends it from the commentating desk. That would be fantastic. Yes. <laughs> um, so. Yeah. I, that's, I just think Pat McAfee deserves a raise. He made night two for me. I think night two was pretty lackluster. Night one deserved to be night two. He was, he was amazing. WrestleMania weekend was amazing. The Rock Mania was good. WWE is amazing. AEWs are amazing. Pro wrestling's amazing. This weekend proved it, and hopefully. What about sports entertainment. Oh, sports! It's all sports entertainment. AEW has sports entertainment themed episodes. Come on now, those are the episodes <laughs> I really enjoy. Um, my point is, wrestling is in a great state. Like we've been arguing the last three years since AEW's come around. Yes. Maybe WWE doesn't come out every week and say, "Hey, look, we're still number one," or "Look, we can still compete." But they did what they had to do this past weekend. We as wrestling fans had a great weekend that we hopefully will not have to experience another like this till next WrestleMania. Because I am so burnt out still. And it was just awesome. Uh, thank you guys for joining us. Rami, Dakota, I will see you guys next week. Stevens, thank you so much for being our second guest on the show. Uh, do you have any parting words? And your cat. Thank your cat. Yes, and the cat. Stevens and the cat. We got to get them both over here. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's a, a parting word I uh, like the um, uh, parting words I'd like to say. Uh, uh, I forgot to credit one major thing that I in graphic design that I, um, uh, that I work with, and that is the program Blender. It, it, it's hard to get into, but when you get used to it, it's addicting. Even and just put over Blender for his pardon words. I like it. There <laughs> we go. <laughs> so we will be back again next week with APWW Talks. We'll go back to our normal show. Uh, and Stevens will join us again for a future group roundtable. And thank you guys for another episode. Thank you, WWE. Thank you, AEW. And we'll be back again. All right.